0: Well, happy Easter, everybody. Is it fun to be here or what? So cool. Hey, I, uh, as I sat uh, this morning, got up early and just wanted to go through my notes again. uh, The first thing that hit me was this. I just want to tell you that today is your day. It's your day. Every one of you who are here. I just, I I want you to know by the time you walk out of here that today is your day. I'm going to read you just one simple little verse. at 2 Corinthians 6.2. It says, God says this to us. He says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. So I tell you that now, today, is the time of God's favor. And now, today, is the day of salvation. Today is, you guys, right now. And if if that means that it's the time of God's favor and his salvation, then what he's saying is, I hear you. He was. I hear you and I can help you. I have the power to actually help you. And so you might not have Elvin's story or or you might not have Robert's story, but every one of us in this room has a story. And there's not a person in this room that doesn't have a past. All of us have past and all of us have been hurt in the past or some of you have hurt other people in your past and you're holding that today. And I, I just want to tell you, if you walked in with that, God just wants to say, I hear you. I hear your cry and I can help you. Some of you have, you walked in here with relational struggles. You've got your own like, p- patterns of behavior that somehow, and you've, you're in relationships right now that are really struggling. And today, what God is saying is your day. I hear you, and I can help you. Addictions to all sorts of things, right? Substances, gambling, gaming, sex, work, social media. I just wanna tell you, if you walked in here today like that, today's your day. And this week's been a lot of brokenness couple of brothers here at K2 lost their sons this week, man. Some of you, it's just the brokenness and the pain of life. Life has been hard and you're just sad. And I want to tell you, man, if that's you today, God hears you. He hears you. And he's saying today is the day that I can help you. And then some of you walk in here and you go, Man, actually, uh, you know, it's, life's okay. It's just, but I just feel like there's got to be more. There's got to be more of this. No matter what I do, even when I'm successful, it doesn't satisfy me. And I just want to tell you, today's your day. God hears you and he has the power to help you. Today is the day of God's favor and today is the day of salvation. Now, it's Easter. And so um, the topic's kind of been chosen for today. So, right? <laughs> I was thinking maybe I'd do a little twist and we talk about his birth just to kind of, what? Freak you guys out a little bit. But no, I mean, uh, the topic is, is there today. And Jason was saying this this week, it's like, man, how, how do we find a twist on, on Easter? And I, So what I'm going to share with you today is we celebrate, you guys, what we are going to celebrate today makes no sense at all. That's what I want to tell you, man. We are celebrating something that doesn't make any sense. So I just want to tell you, if you're here today and you're coming with a family or friends or you're just checking church out, but the truth is you don't believe this stuff, you're going to see you're in really good company because what we're going to talk about today doesn't make any sense. It's nonsensical. It's nonsensical. But for those of us who do believe, for all of us in this room, we're here because we do worship Jesus. We do believe in him. We, you guys, all of us, we are celebrating something which at one point didn't make sense, like for Kip. But now, I'm just going to be honest with you, man, it is the only thing that truly makes sense of our lives. Amen? Amen. And I just want you to hear that. This is so nonsensical that it's amazing and beautiful. So, man, let's dive in. I'm just going to dive in now to the most nonsensical, sensible event in all of human history. And I'm going to go to Luke chapter 24. Luke is one of the four guys who wrote, a, wrote the story about Jesus. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can pull it up on your phone, but the, the scriptures will be right up here on the screen. Luke chapter 24. Now, you got to remember this, right? Two days ago, we just celebrated Good Friday, which is the death of Jesus Christ. And... Um, This was immense sorrow. You guys, crucifixion was the most brutal form of execution. And they watched the one that they loved dearly be beaten, spit upon, accused falsely, nailed to this cross and die. That's why we do Good Friday, to help us for this. So that's where they're at. And now here we are, Luke chapter 24, verse one. Let's go through the story. On the first day of the week, Very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, okay, so let's just stop right there. This would cause you to wonder. That's what you would do if a dead body's not there anymore. Immediately, it causes you to say, Something has happened <laughs> because this doesn't make sense. Someone must have intervened because we know this, the dead do not move on their own. So they had to wonder because this didn't make sense. And then it says, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Can I just ask, anybody have men like, dressed like lightning stand beside you lately? See, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what is going on here? And then these men say this. He is not here. He has risen. Oh, I'm sorry. In their fright, sorry, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? So now you flip it around, and these angelic beings are going, this doesn't make any sense. Why are you looking for someone who's alive among the dead? Why are you looking for asparagus in the dairy section? It's not there. This makes no sense. And then they said, he's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, that the son of man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. He told them that. And then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11. Now, the 11 were Jesus' apostles. These are the guys who walked with Jesus, lived with Jesus every moment of every day for three years. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Believe this. But they didn't believe it. didn't believe it. Even though Jesus had told them this is what's going to happen. He, They didn't believe the women. Why? Because their words seemed to them like this is nonsense. This doesn't happen. So that's why I just want to tell you if you walked in here today and, and the fact that we actually believe that there was a dead dude who rose from the grave and you guys are thinking Christians are nonsense, even the disciples felt the same thing. This is crazy stuff to believe. And then when they, and and this says they're nonsense. Now, we don't believe because it's nonsense. Even though Jesus point blank told them this is what was going to happen, they don't believe it. Why? Because dead men don't just come back to life again. Period. That doesn't happen. It's never happened. Except when this dead man, who's now alive, had the power to raise another dead man, Lazarus. And in that story, Jesus said an amazing thing. And I, I want, would you, just, would you just imagine, put yourself in the story, Jesus Christ just raised a dead man from the grave. And now he's gonna look at you and he's gonna ask you a question, okay? Here's this question for us this morning. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that? I'm telling you, man, that is the ultimate question for every single one of us in this room. Because you know I, I, you know this one thing is true. You are going to die. But what's going to happen when you do? Jesus is saying right here, if you live by believing in me, you will never die. Do you believe that? Man, I'm telling you, if that is true, if Easter is true, that Jesus Christ was dead and rose again, And if it's true that when you die, he can actually give you power to live forever. That's super natural. And that's why it's nonsensical. Because we like the natural. But God is beyond that. It's power outside this world that is greater than any natural created thing. And that's what we're looking at today. Well, here's Peter. Peter. Peter's what? Peter is Jesus' right hand man. So, what's he doing? Verse 12. Peter, however, he got up and he ran to the tomb, and bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away doing what? Wondering. (laughs) Wondering to himself what had happened. I'm telling you, man, Easter is nonsensical. The life of Jesus was nonsensical. Who walks on water? Who feeds 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and some fish? Who has the power and authority to His life was nonsensical. His death was nonsensical because he never did anything wrong ever. They couldn't find anything to accuse him of. He should have never. He was completely, unjustifiably crucified and killed. It was nonsensical. But man, his resurrection is nonsensical. They couldn't believe it. In fact, the story goes on, and Jesus actually shows up. He's there now, standing right in front of him, right? And then he says this to him, why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your mind? This, and sometimes I want to go, seriously, Jesus? <laughs> like, why am I doubting? Because dead people don't come from the dead! It doesn't happen. And then he says, look at my hands and my feet. And it said, this is amazing, he's standing right in front of him, And it says, they still did not believe because of joy and amazement. Guys, Easter is nonsensical. But here's my prayer for you and me today. The very next verse, look what Jesus says. Well, actually it's what they say about Jesus says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. Hey, I just want to tell you, I don't know what you're struggling with today. And I don't know if you're struggling with faith. I don't know if you're struggling to believe. Even even some of you who are Christians today, you might be really struggling with God today. But here's what I'm praying, is that Jesus would open our minds so that we could understand. Now, what does Jesus want us to understand? What he wanted them to understand and what he wants you and me to understand today is he wants us to understand the purpose for his death and resurrection. He wants you to understand why he died and why he rose again. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's so that every human being on this planet was made, created to be in an intimate relationship with God. You guys, you were created to experience God in your life and in your heart every single day. And man, I'm telling you, Jesus said, I want you to understand this. God will do anything to reconcile you to himself. That's what, that's what the death and the resurrection of Christ is. God wants you so bad that he'll do anything. And then once you get reconciled to God, and this is, I can't wait to share this with you. <laughs> then you will finally have a chance to understand the incredible, otherworldly, absolutely nonsensical love of God. You guys, Jesus needed to die and he needed to rise again so that we could actually understand the love of God. It is so far beyond our human capacity. It's so far beyond even the best love you've ever tasted. I love this in Ephesians three seventeen and 19. It says this, I pray. This is what I've been praying for you all week. I'm so, thanks for coming. Uh, he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Did you guys hear that? We actually have to pray for power to be able to grasp, in other words, to comprehend The love of God, the love of Christ is so far beyond anything that you've ever experienced humanly possible that you actually need spiritual power to even be able to understand it. It's that nonsensical. And then he says, and I pray that you will know this love that surpasses knowledge. Let me explain to you what that means. When he says, I'm praying that you will know this love, it means to experience it. It means the love that I have between Susie, my wife and my children. I love them, right? And I know their love. And it's not because I read a book about Susie's love. I didn't study Susie's love. I experience it. That's that knowledge. And he says, I'm praying that you will experience the love of God. And when you know it experientially, look at this, it surpasses head knowledge. So if you right now are only thinking about the love of God, but you don't know it experientially, man, why why does experiential love surpass intellectual understanding of God's love? Because the love of God is beyond, listen to me, the love of God is beyond your rational mind. It is nonsensical. And you need to experience it And that's why we gather together and we celebrate him. So, end the story here, Luke chapter 24 at the end. So Jesus told them, after he opened their minds, look, I'm gonna show you two things in the second half of my, the two things that he shows them as he opens their minds to understand. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, here's the first one, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then he says to him, you are witnesses of these things that I am going to send you. This is so good. I'm gonna send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm gonna show you two nonsensical things about God's love that I want you to grasp that Easter's all about. The first one is this. is he, Jesus, said, I want to tell you two things. There is repentance for the forgiveness of all your sin. That's the first thing. And the second thing Jesus says is, I'm gonna share with you what God has promised and it's to give you power from on high. Actual power straight from heaven into your life. Let's hit the first one. The first nonsensical reality of God's love is that repentance for the, is for the forgiveness of sins. Now, here's, here's what this means to me. God loves people who don't love him. This is some of the greatest news in all the world. God loves people who don't love him. Can I, can, can I just say something? Here's something that doesn't make sense to us. How does an angry, raving atheist like Elvin? end up serving the church that he tried to destroy. How'd that happen? You know why? Because when he was that raving atheist, making people lose their faith, you know what God was doing? He was saying, man, I love that guy. That's what he was doing. God was going, I love that guy. How in the world does Robert grow up as an eight-year-old boy, he shared with me, his uncles, he didn't have a dad, his, his uncles, from the time he was eight, trained him how to live in the life of a gang. To the point when he was eight years old, he was already robbing people. And by 11, is trained to take advantage of people and to hurt them. How does that guy find himself in a church in Utah? You know how? Because while Robert was incarcerated, for the things he'd done wrong, God was going, God, I love that guy. I love that guy. Easter tells us this, man. God loves people who don't love him. And so can I just say, if that's you today, if you walked in here and you don't love him, man, you are, in, you, you, you are so dearly loved by God. So I'm going to share this, man. This is is my favorite passage in all of the Bible because the most important thing for you to understand and Jesus wants you to understand through Easter is the love of God, okay? Romans chapter five, starting with verse five, says this. Hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. You guys, if you're a Christian today, that's what's been true. If you actually are, if you're not a person who, man, I'm telling you, there's such a big difference between going to church and doing human-made religious stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be careful. But that's so different than experiencing God's love being poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit. And then he describes it. I love this. Listen, you guys, very carefully. He says, you see at just the right time, just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But listen to this, God demonstrates his love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. In other words, while Elvin was making people lose their faith in Jesus. While Robert was hurting other people, while you were making all of your mistakes and falling short, Jesus is going, let me demonstrate my love. That's when I die for you. God loves people who don't love him. That's nonsensical. Doesn't that that feel weird? Does that feel weird to any of you? Okay, just me, okay. (laughs) No, we think because man-made religion is, no, 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 no. You get your act cleaned up, and you be good enough for God, right? How many of you have ever felt that pressure? Come on, man. And then once you're good enough, then God will possibly love you. I'm just telling you right now, that is, and I've said this for years, that is the lie from the pit of hell. That is not the love of God. That's human love. And I'm going to show you that in just a second. He goes on, since we have now been justified by his blood, justified just means completely set free, completely forgiven by his blood, by the death of Jesus. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him. Did you hear that? While we were his enemies through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God. I love that you guys, that's what we're doing on Easter. This day, man, we are boasting about God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. Let me, let me explain to you how nonsensical the love of God is. He says at just the right time when you're powerless, can I ask you a question? Tell me back, what can you do if you're powerless? What can you do? Nothing. Nothing. Come on, man. Every single one of us in this room has been in a relationship with another person, and there's been a time when you didn't have what it took. You didn't have the power. Whether maybe you were depressed, maybe maybe your background again just brought certain struggles that you have, and you can't do it. And every one of us in this room has experienced someone say, you know what? I just, they pull their love away from you because you can't be what they need you to be. And what does God say? Hey, when you were powerless and you could do nothing, he goes, it's just the right time for me to love you. That is nonsensical love. But what he's saying is, there's nothing you can do to get me to love you. Which means there's nothing you can do to lose it. Do you hear me? Every one of us has lost love from a human being. And God is saying, when you're powerless, that's when I love you. Secondly, He goes, I love the ungodly. Every one of us in this room has experienced somebody not loving us because we're not like them. You're not in the same economic status, you're not the same race you don't believe the same things. You don't enjoy the same things. We are all finding other people who are like us. And then all of a sudden, when someone doesn't match what we like, what do human beings do? We pull ourselves away. And God goes, can I just tell you something? You've never been like me ever. He goes, and that's when I love you. I love you when you're ungodly. And then he says, and let me demonstrate my nonsensical love. Here's why you can't understand me. Cause you've been in church. The, when Jesus showed up, it was the religious people who had screwed up the whole view of God. And that's the only people he was angry at. And some of you can't believe the love of God because you've been bought a complete lie. And sometimes it's happened in the church. Here's what he says. Let me demonstrate my nonsensical love to you while you're sinning. Now that word means you can't meet the standard. So God goes, here's my standard and you're trying to meet it and you keep falling short. Anybody in here ever fall short of God's standard? (laughs) Anybody ever feel like, man, I screwed up, I've done too many bad things, I've sinned, and that somehow the world or somebody claiming God has said, and he's angry at you, and he's gonna take you down, and God is going, in Jesus Christ, through my death and resurrection, let me show you my love. When you, while you're sinning, I love you come on, man, that's good news. That's good news. And all of us, we've, we've, we've been in relationships and we, this was the standard and they, they loved us because we were this and it was awesome. And then all of a sudden you couldn't be that anymore. You couldn't be, you couldn't meet the standard. And someone who you thought would love you forever stopped loving you. It's so human but it is not godly. It makes sense to us why people leave us when we hurt them or when we fall short. It doesn't make sense to us that we could completely blow it and still be loved. But I'm telling you today, and Easter is telling you today, that is the nonsensical, most sensible love that every human heart needs to be and experience. Now, here's what's cool about that love, you guys. You don't earn it. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. He gives it to you. And on Easter, I want to tell you, every one of you in this room, he wants to love you today. He wants to love you today. And that's what Jesus said. There is repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Hey, yeah, were you sinning? Yes, yes when you were lying or when you were cheating or when you were abusive to another person or whether you were super self and you were so into yourself and you couldn't care about somebody else. Are all those things sin? Yes. You know what sin is? Sin is just when you're not walking in God's ways and the reason he hates it is just because it it ruins your life. It empties your own soul and it hurts the people around you. And so so God says, yes, you, you sin. So yes, I need to forgive you. So And Jesus said, I died. And then look at what he said. He goes, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins, he said, will be preached among all the nations. You know what he's saying? He wants every person on the world to know, I forgive you. I forgive you. But you know what repentance is? Repentance is mean, it just simply means change your mind. And then it means turn to him, turn to him. And I'll just be honest with you. I think one of the most nonsensical things to me, the thing that doesn't make sense is that God actually offers you the choice in me. It's our choice. He's already forgiven you. Can I just tell you? He has already forgiven you. He is so ready to reconcile you back to himself and love on you. And yet for some reason, the world, us, even Christians in this room right now, some of you, are Christians and you have not been walking with Jesus and you know it. And even though intellectually you might think he might forgive you, the point is he gives you the choice. You get to turn to him today or not. But if you do, if you turn to him, you repent, he will set you free. God loves people who don't love him. That's the greatest news in all the world. But here's the second part. When you turn to him, he doesn't leave you there. Here's a, here's a second my last thing, the nonsensical thing about God's love. And that is Jesus said, my father has promised power from on high. Look at this verse. I am going to send you what my father has promised. Okay? And I just want to tell you guys, this promise is for every one of you in this room. This promise is for every one of you in this room. He says, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Do you know what God's most nonsensical act of love is outside of forgiving you? He says, I will actually give you, this this power from on high is what he calls the Holy Spirit. It's the actual spirit of God. And he says, when you turn to me, he goes, I forgive you, I reconcile you to myself, and then I give you my promised spirit. He goes, and I will come inside your heart. I will make your heart my home, and the power of my spirit, this love. Remember what I read earlier? God pours his love into your heart through the Holy Spirit that he gives you, I'm telling you, the most nonsensical thing to me after I became a Christian was, oh my goodness, you do actually change. You actually change. Jesus, the the scripture says you become a new creation. And the new creation is literally that you get reconciled to God. There's no chasm between heaven and earth right now through Jesus Christ, you can get the power of God back into your life. Look at this verse, Romans eight eleven says this. If the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Is that not cool? A little golf clap, a little golf clap. All right, cool. Come on, man. There was a dude who was dead and the spirit of God raised him from the dead. God is saying, your heart might feel dead, but I'm telling you, I can make dead things alive. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, God says, I will give to you and I will take the dead things in your life and I will make them alive I will t- I can take your past I can take all of your mistakes. I can take the people who've hurt you. I can take the people that you have hurt. I can take those things and I can make them new. I can make your relationships new. I can pour my love into your heart and transform you so that you can love other people the way that I love you. I can set you free from your addictions, the sorrows and the pain of loss in this world. He goes, I can give you hope that can strengthen you. I can take your endless pursuit of trying to find something to satisfy you on this world. And I can give it to you deep inside your soul. I'm telling you guys, today is your day. He hears you and he will help you. And all you have to do is turn to him. He says, turn to me and ask me to come into to your life. I will forgive you for every wrong thing you've ever done. I already do. And I will fill you with my spirit. I tell you what, man? Happy Easter, y'all. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. So I'm gonna have the band come up and we have an incredible closing of worship. But I, I just, as I was thinking about this, there's two other things as I close that don't make sense to me. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try to be as gentle as I can. But I'm also going to try to be as firm as I can. I think somehow if we ever saw Jesus eye to eye, somehow you would feel absolutely loved by him as he was telling you something that you maybe need to hear. Here's one of the things that doesn't make sense to me. That any human being in this frail, broken, painful, Totally, you just have where you have no idea what's going to happen. That any human being in this world would actually reject the offer of God to completely forgive you of everything you've done wrong, and then to put, to reconcile you to Himself, and then literally to give you His presence in your life. You guys, Jesus, his whole message when he was on earth, he kept kept proclaiming one main thing. He goes, I'm here to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Listen, I know every one of you wants to go to heaven. You know why? Because you're hoping to God, it's not this. You believe heaven is where it's finally going to be the way it's meant to be. But Jesus is saying to you, I, through my spirit, can begin to bring heaven to earth. My presence of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, wisdom. You guys, all that God is, those are all the fruit of his spirit. He goes, you can have that now. And when you die, you will live. And and for me, I just go, why don't we want that? Why are we saying no to that? That's the one thing that doesn't make sense to me. And I just wanna encourage you today, if you are feeling any tug in your heart, to turn to him and say, man, Lord, I know, I need to be forgiven. I am regretting my past, I'm regretting the things I've done, I need your forgiveness. If that's you today, I just want to encourage you to turn to him and he will run to you and love you like you've, you, you will be blown away by the love of God for you. And then here's the other thing that doesn't make sense to me. It's all of us who believe this, all of us Christians. God saved you guys. He saved me, right? He forgave you of everything. The spirit of God literally is living inside of you. And yet so many Christians go, they just, we just put God on the back burner. And we literally, we just kind of live lives like everybody else instead of having this power of love and joy and peace exuding from us. See, God's whole plan was that he would fill us up so that we'd walk outside these doors, that we wouldn't just go to church. Like, God never intended us just to go to church. He intended us to be the church. Which means you're filled with his spirit. And Christians are the ones who are supposed to be loving people who don't love them. We're the ones who are supposed to be forgiving everybody the way we've been forgiven. We're the ones who are supposed to be walking and changing the world. And I just, and I, and that's where I just go, what are we doing, man? And I think that's why God gives us Easter and says, remember what I've done for you. I have forgiven you. And I filled you with the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead to give life to your mortal bodies. Come on, church. Come on, man. Let's do this thing. I don't think people are interested in going to religious services. I wouldn't be either. But I think people be really interested in a group of people who are loving each other like crazy, serving the world with compassion and care and laying down our lives for people who need it. That's just Jesus. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray for us before the band leads us in this song. And the first people I wanna pray for is any of you right now. You're a Christian, man. You say, yep, I, I, I believe in Jesus, but you know right now you haven't been following him. You believe in him, but you haven't been following him. And you're here on Easter and you're like, Dave, would you just pray for me? Would you pray that God will f- refresh me with his spirit? I want to return. I want to repent. I want to turn and get back in sync with following Jesus. And if that's you, if you're a follower, if, or if you're a Christian, but you actually want to start following him, I would love, would you just stand up right now? Would you just stand up on this day and declare to Jesus, I'm getting back in the game. <laughs> I'm getting back in the game and I want to follow you. I'm going to pray for you. Awesome. Awesome. Stay standing, stay standing. And then if any of you were here and you're like, you know what, I thought God hated me. I thought I couldn't be good enough for him. I didn't think he wanted anything to do with me. And now today you've heard, no, he loves you so bad. And he wants to forgive you. He wants to reconcile you. He wants to love you. If you've never actually asked God, Jesus, to come into your life, put your faith in him. And today on Easter Sunday, you're like, you know what? I don't wanna go another day separated from God and I want him in my life. If that's you, would you just go ahead and stand with these guys who are standing? And I wanna pray for you too. If you wanna make the decision today on Easter, I wanna receive forgiveness and I wanna receive the spirit of God. If that's you, go ahead and stand up because I wanna pray for you too. If anybody wants to make that decision. All right, let's do this. Father in heaven, which is not far away, <laughs> It means you're closer than the air that we breathe. You are in this place. You love every person in this room. God, I thank you for those of your kids today who are standing right now, who are saying, Lord, I wanna follow you, please forgive me. I've, I believe in you, but I've lived in my own life. I repent today and I turn to you and I want you to refill, refresh me as your, as your word says. I'm repenting, refresh me with your spirit. Give me your love and your peace and your joy again and help me live that way into this world. God, bless them right now in Jesus' name. Fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And God, for anybody in this room who who doesn't know you, they've never experienced your love. They don't know your love. But today, they're saying, I want to. God, for any person here, standing or sitting, who's saying, Lord, please forgive me. I have not followed you. I have not walked in your ways. I've hurt myself. I've hurt others. I'm turning to you. Lord, let them know today that you forgive them completely. And then Lord, fill them now with your spirit. Make them your child. May they never be the same again. May they know because you promised to give them your spirit, which is eternal life. God, grant them that in Jesus' name. And for all of us in this room, Lord, fill us up. Fill us up, move us into this world and help us bring your kingdom of heaven to earth in Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 All right, man, everybody, let's stand up and let's sing about this amazing, nonsensical, wonderful, most sensible love of God, right? Let's worship him and praise him today.